Good morning, and we are here with day 124 of Read the Bible in a Year podcast, and we are almost finished with Judges. Um, it's hard to believe we're moving right on through, um, and if you hear a funny noise, I'm sitting here, my dog is contemplating whether he's going to sit beside me or not, so if you hear a funny noise, it might be my dog jumping in my lap. So, but we will go on and we'll get started in Judges chapter 19, uh, verse 1, and we'll go through uh, chapter 20, verse 48, which is actually both 19 and 20. In those days, when there was no king in Israel, a Levite staying in a remote part of the hill country of Ephraim acquired a woman from Bethlehem in Judah as his concubine. But she was unfaithful to him and left him for her father's house in Bethlehem in Judah. She was there for four months. Then her husband got up and followed her to speak kindly to her and bring her back. He had his servant with him and a pair of donkeys. So she brought him to her father's house, and when the girl's father saw him, he gladly welcomed him. His father-in-law, the girl's father, detained him, and he stayed with him for three days. They ate, drank, and spent the nights there. On the fourth day, they got up early in the morning and prepared to go, but the girl's father said to his son-in-law, Have something to eat to keep up your strength, and then you can go. So they sat down, and then the two of them ate and drank together. Then the girl's father said to the man, Please agree to stay overnight and enjoy yourself. The man got up to go, but his father-in-law persuaded him, so he stayed and spent the night there again. He got up early in the morning of the fifth day to leave, but the girl's father said to him, Please keep up your strength. So they waited until late afternoon, and and the two of them ate. The man got up to go with his concubine and his servant when his father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Look, the night is coming. Please, spend the night. See, the day is almost over. Spend the night here. Enjoy yourself, and then you can get up early tomorrow for your journey and go home. But the man was unwilling to spend the night. He got up and departed and arrived opposite Jabez, that is, Jerusalem. The man had his two saddled donkeys and his concubine with him. When they were near Jabez... And the day was almost gone. The servant said to his master, Please, why not let us stop at this Jebusite city and spend the night here? But his master replied to him, We will not stop at a foreign city where there are no Israelites. Let's move on to Gibeah. Come on, he said. Let's try to reach one of the places. And so they reach one of these places and spend the night at Gibeah or Ramah. So they continued on their journey. And the sun set as they neared Gibeah and Benjamin. They stopped to go in and spend the night at Gibeah. The Levite went in and sat down in the city square, but no one took them into their home to spend the night. In the evening, an old man came in from the from his work in the field. He was from the hill country of Ephraim, but he was residing in Gibeah where the people were Benjaminites. When he looked up and saw the traveler in the city... The old man asked, Where are you going, and where do you come from? He answered, We are traveling from Bethlehem in Judah to the remote hill country of Ephraim, where I am from. I went to Bethlehem in Judah, and now I am going to take the house of the Lord. No one has taken me into his home, although there is straw and feed for the donkeys, and I have bread and wine for me and my concubine and the servant with us. There is nothing we lack. Welcome, said the old man. I will take care of everything you need. Only don't spend the night in the square. So he brought him into his house, fed the donkeys. Then they washed their feet and ate and drank. While they were enjoying themselves, all of a sudden, wicked men of the city surrounded the house and beat on the door. They said to the old man, who was the owner of the house, Bring out the man 
who came to your house so we can have sex with him. The owner of the house went out and said to them, Please don't do this evil, my brothers. After all, this man has come into my house. Don't commit this horrible outrage. Here, let me bring out my virgin daughter and the man's concubine now. Abuse them and do whatever you want to them. But don't commit this outrageous thing against this man. But the men would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and took her outside to them. They raped her and abused her all night until morning. At daybreak, they let her go. Early that morning, the woman made her way back. And as, she, as it was getting light, she collapsed at the doorway of the man's house where her master was. When her master got up in the morning, he opened the doors of the house and went out to leave on his journey. There was a woman, his concubine, collapsed near the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. Get up, he told her, let's go. But there was no response. So the man put her on the donkeys and set out for home. When he entered his house, he picked up a knife, took hold of his concubine, cut her into twelve pieces limb by limb, limb and then sent her throughout the territory of Israel. Everyone saw, who saw it said, nothing like this has ever happened or has been since the day the Israelites came out of the land of Egypt until now. Think it over. Discuss it. Speak up. What an interesting piece of passage. Whew. All the Israelites from Dan to Beersheba and from the land of Gilead came out and the community assembled as one body before the Lord at Mizpah. The leaders of all the people of all the tribes of Israel presented themselves in the assembly of God's people, 400,000 armed foot soldiers. The Benjaminites heard that the Israelites had gone up to Mizpah. The Israelites asked, tell us how did this evil act happen? The Levite, the husband of the murdered woman, answered, I went to Gibeah in Benjamin with my concubine to spend the night. Citizens of Gibeah came out and to attack me and surrounded the house at night. They intended to kill me, but they raped my concubine and she died. Then I took my concubine, cut her into pieces, and sent her throughout Israel's territory because they have committed these a wicked and outrageous, or a wicked outrage in Israel. Look, all of you are Israelites. Give your judgment and verdict here and now. <clears throat> Then all the people stood united and said, None of us will go into this tent and return to his house. Now this is what we will do to Gibeah. We will attack it. By lot, we will take ten men out of every hundred from all the tribes of Israel, and one hundred out of every thousand, and one thousand out of every ten thousand to get provisions for the troops when they go to Gibeah and Benjamin to punish them for the outrage that they have committed in Israel. So all the men of Israel gathered united against the city. Then the tribes of Israel sent men throughout the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What is this evil act that has happened among you? Hand over the wicked men of Gibeah, so we can put them to death and eradicate the evil from Israel. But the Benjaminites would not listen to their fellow Israelites. Instead, the Benjaminites gathered together from their cities to Gibeah <coughs> to go out and fight against the Israelites. Sorry for that little break after the first part. I had a baby that was ready to eat. So um, we will pick back up. I think I finished in uh, verse 13. So we will pick back up in Judges chapter 20, verse 14. Instead, the Benjaminites gathered together from their cities to Gibeah to go out and fight against the Israelites. 
On that day, the Benjaminites mobilized 26,000 armed men from their cities besides 700 fit young men rallied by the inhabitants of Gibeah. There were 700 fit young men who were left-handed among all these troops. All could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. The Israelites, apart from the Benjaminites, mobilized 400,000 armed men, everyone ex- an experienced warrior. They set out, went to Bethel, and inquired of God. The Israelites asked, Who is the first to fight for us against the Benjaminites? And the Lord answered, Judah will be first. In the morning, the Israelites set out and camped near Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to fight against Benjamin and took their battle positions against Gibeah. The Benjaminites came out of Gibeah and slaughtered 22,000 men of Israel on the field that day. But the Israelite troops rallied and again took their battle positions in the same place where they had positioned themselves on the first day. They went up, wept before the Lord until evening, and inquired of him, Should we again attack our brothers, the Benjaminites? The Lord answered, Fight against them. On the second day, the Israelites advanced against the Benjaminites. That same day, the Benjaminites came out of Gibeah to meet them and slaughtered an additional 18,000 Israelites on the field. All were armed. The whole Israelite army went to Bethel, where they wept and sat before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. Then the Israelites inquired of the Lord. In those days, the Ark of the Covenant of God was there, and Phinehas or Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, was serving before it. The Israelites asked, Should we again fight against our brothers, the Benjaminites, or should we stop? The Lord answered, Fight, because I will hand them over to you tomorrow. So Israel set up an ambush around Gibeah. On the third day, the Israelites fought against the Benjaminites and took their battle positions against Gibeah as before. Then the Benjaminites came out against the troops that were drawn away from the city. They began to attack the troops as before, killing about 30 men of Israel on the highway, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah through the open country. The Benjaminites said, We are defeating them as before. But the Israelites said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all the men of Israel got up from their places and took their battle positions at Baal Tamar, while the Israelites in ambush charged out of their places west of Geba. Then 10,000 fit young men from all of Israel made a frontal assault against Gibeah. And the battle was fierce, but the Benjaminites did not know that disaster was about to strike them. The Lord defeated Benjamin in the presence of Israel, and on that day the Israelites slaughtered 25,100 men of of Benjamin. All were armed. Then the Benjaminites realized that they had been defeated. The men of Israel had retreated before Benjamin because they were confident in the ambush that they had set against Gibeah. The men in in the ambush had rushed quickly against Gibeah. They advanced and put the whole city to the sword. The men of Israel had prearranged a signal with the men in ambush. When they sent up a great cloud of smoke from the city, the men of Israel would return to the battle. When Benjamin had begun to strike them down, killing about 30 men of Israel, they said, They're defeated before us, just as they were in the first battle. But when the column of smoke began to go up from the city, Benjamin looked behind them, and the whole city was going up in smoke. 
Then the men of Israel returned, and the men of Benjamin were terrified when they realized that disaster had struck them. They retreated before the men of Israel toward the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and those that came out of the city slaughtered those between them. They surrounded the Benjaminites, pursued them, and easily overtook them near Gibeah toward the east. There were 18,000 men who died from Benjamin. All were warriors. Then Benjamin turned and fled toward the wilderness at Rimen Rock, and Israel killed 5,000 men on the highways. They overtook them at Gidom and struck down 2,000 more. All the Benjaminites who died that day were 25,000 armed men, all warriors. But 600 men escaped into the wilderness at Rimen Rock and stayed there four months. The men of Israel turned back against the other Benjaminites and killed them with their swords. The entire city, the animals, and everything that remained. They also burned the city that remained. And we will stop there. And now we will move to John. The Gospel of John. And we are in John chapter 3, starting with verse 22. So John chapter 3. Verse 22. Oh, it would help if I was in the right spot. <laughs> it looked a little funny. Okay, so we're going to be reading John chapter 3, verse 22 um, through John chapter 4, verse 3. I was getting ready to start in chapter 4, verse 22, and it was right in the middle of a paragraph. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem right. It's because it wasn't. So, chapter 3, verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went to the Judean countryside, where he spent time with them and baptized. John was also baptizing in Anon near Salim, because there was plenty of water there. People were coming and being baptized since John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then a dispute arose amongst John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing and everyone is going to him. John responded, no one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I've sent, been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, increase, but I must decrease. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, yet no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. For the one whom God sent speaks God's words, since he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. Chapter 4. When Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself was not baptizing but his disciples were, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. And we will stop there and pick up with chapter 4 verse 4 the next time. 
Now we'll move on to Psalm 104. And we are reading Psalm 104, 24 through 35. How countless are your works, Lord. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, vast and wide, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There are ships mo- there the ships move about, and Leviathan, which you formed to play there. All of them wait for you to give them their food at the right time. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath they die and return to the dust when you send your breath they are created and you renew the surface of the ground may the glory of the lord endure forever may the lord rejoice in his works he looks at the earth and it trembles he touches the mountains and they pour out smoke i will sing to the lord all my life i will sing praise to my god while i live May my meditation be pleasing to him. I will rejoice in the Lord. May sinners vanish from the earth and wicked people be no more. My soul bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And last but not least, we are in Proverbs chapter 14, 22 through 24. Don't those who plan evil go astray, but those who plan good find loyalty and faithfulness. There's profit in all hard work, but endless talk leads to only poverty. The crown of the wise is their wealth, but the foolishness of fools produces foolishness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.